Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family in the Christian life, and we want to talk today about not becoming like the world. Our last episode that we uh, published was uh, remaining in the world and the responsibility that Christians have to maintain that presence mm-hmm. and to represent Christ wherever they are as a missionary of sorts. Um, and so today we want to just pick that up and run with it to say that in doing so, you have to be really careful that you don't become like the world in the process. Yes. You, you need to remain in the world without conforming to it. And so there's a tension there, there's a battle, there's a challenge. And so we want to talk about that second piece. How is it that a Christian family can remain in the world without becoming like it? It seems hard. It is hard, yeah. <laughs> it's a struggle. It's tough, but it's an important struggle and one to be aware of, I think, even just to know it's out there and <laughs> to have some plans for it. So hopefully that's what we can give you today. Yeah, I mean, our kids will come home from school or a public space and have seen people in public, you know, two guys holding hands or kissing or... uh I don't know, any number of things yeah, yeah. that they don't see uh, in our home or in our church. And and so they'll come home with questions like, yes. what, what's going on here? And that's the world that we live in. And we constantly need to battle this um, the, the culture around us and help mm-hmm. our kids to form a biblical Christian worldview that is different from the world around us. Yeah, and I think it happens when you're out and about, for sure, like you're talking about. It also happens within their school context sometimes with friends who are talking about things that their parents are talking about. I mean, even divorce and, you know, uh, someone with a broken home, maybe that comes up. Or, you know, an older sibling went and saw this sort of movie. Well, what's that movie about? And I mean, why would people want to watch horror movies? Or why can, you know, my, my friends always do whatever they want? I mean, it's just constantly within their school context, too. I think a lot of things come up as well. And asking really good questions. I know we've talked about this before of your children after school time encounters, whether that's even in the home of what they're reading and thinking through or whether it's outside your home, but interacting with the things that they are seeing and reading and hearing from other people, um, their friends, their peers. Totally. It's an uphill battle and it's one that we got to fight. And so we're going to talk about three steps Mm -hmm. to combating the culture around us and not conforming to it. Yes. And so the first one, the first step is to shepherd your home. And, and what I mean by that is you have to be careful and the, the arbiter of what comes into your home and mm-hmm. the things that our kids watch, the influences that enter our walls and yeah. the things they see and hear. We've got to care about that. I mean, care, like as, as in a verb, like actively care for our kids in that process. Yeah, it's really tempting and easy, especially if your kids have screen time to just kind of check out maybe during that screen time, get something accomplished. I know that, you know, I can get way more accomplished if they're watching something. And so, but you, you have to be really, really um, active, an active participant in knowing what they watch. I mean, I just remember it in our home lives, there have been kids who wanted to watch a YouTuber explain how to get to a second level in a video game, something like that, right? And as soon as we watched this guy with him, we thought, no, no, I'm sorry, maybe he's going to teach you how to get to another level. 
But even though the language wasn't like terrible language, it was just not not good. It was not um, bad words is what I'm saying per se. But he was just the way he talked was kind of disrespectful and used kind of phrases we wouldn't want our children to emulate. And we just said, you know, sorry, you can't watch that guy, you know. So I think screen time and what the kids watch, you have to sit down. I mean, I know when they've asked us, can I watch this show? It's like we can look on Plugged In or we can look it up and get sure. some reviews. We can also just sit down and watch an episode with them and mm-hmm. interact with it and see, okay, is this something I want you to go further with? Or no, I'm sorry, that's on the list where it's just not appropriate or you're not ready for it or I don't like the concepts they're talking about. Yep. Yeah, and back to that YouTube figure, mm-hmm. it wasn't just about what he was saying because you're right. It was kind of like a morally neutral thing to right, talk about, right. you know, step A, step B, step C in, in terms of video game. But we looked at that and we said, we don't want you, son, to be to act like him, yes. to be like him. Yes. So we saw this guy's character mm-hmm. and kind of like, you know, the, the, the way he speaks mm-hmm. and talks and acts. And we don't want you to be like that. Nope. That guy is not someone I want you to look up to right. and start talking like because that's exactly what happens. Yes. Kids see these public figures and it's not just about the content, but it's about the way they say it and mm-hmm. they want to then become like these people. And so that's like an influence that we want to guard against and we want to help to combat that in our home. Yeah, and there's so many visual influences if your children have phones or tablets or whatever, iPads, you know. They've got apps. They've got YouTube shorts and Instagram reels, and I don't even know all this stuff. But there's a ton of ways that they can be easily influenced by the messages sent by people who don't love the Lord or follow Christ. And so you have to be really aware and proactive in kind of engaging what they see and making the hard decisions. You know, we have, it's not always been a welcome decision for us to say to our kids, I don't care if all of your friends watch this Mm -hmm. guy, or I don't care if everyone watches this teen show. I remember this Netflix show and it was like kind of a pre-teen thing. And I watched 15 minutes and I was like, no, this is dark. This is evil. This is celebrating evil and sin in a laissez-faire kind of fun way. And that's not good. I don't want, we, we don't celebrate sin. And so, you know, that wasn't popular initially, and but it's the decisions I think we have to make as parents because our children are not mature enough to have the vision, maybe the overall vision that we have. Yep. So this first step is to limit and filter what mm-hmm. comes into your home and what goes into your kids' brains and hearts, right? Mm-hmm. And, and not just your kids, but you and your spouse. Definitely. Like, I just mean your home. You've got to shepherd your home to be careful what comes in. Yeah. Then I think step two on a related note is uh, you need to supply good content to your spouse and to your kids. Mm-hmm. And so teach good, you know, Christian worldviews yeah. to your family. Model these things, teach these things. And so, you know, one really good place to start is with the book of Proverbs, because the book of Proverbs is filled with wisdom for mm-hmm. navigating the world. Yeah. You know, be careful about uh, remaining in the company of fools. You know, you're going to yeah. become like fools if you right. hang out with them. And, you know, be careful of the temptations of the world and, you know, don't follow these things, like guard against it. And so, there's just so much practical wisdom in the Proverbs for how to uh, do the first step, 
mm-hmm. that that's a really good kind of proactive source book for teaching your family yeah. uh, a good Christian worldview. And they're so succinct and generally easy to understand. So if you have a range of children, older to younger, um, especially by, you know, you could draw it out. Sometimes we, we write it out, we draw it out. I mean, right, you're saying you can get the older kids, you can get the younger kids involved in understanding a simple, succinct proverb. And so that's a great way to teach. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll even give assignments. Um, I, I've asked you <laughs> to go through the proverbs and yes. identify all the words, you know, that are... What did I have you do that time that I'm thinking? Uh-oh, I'm on the spot yeah. and I can't remember it might what have it been was. Like, it might have been the, the word for life. Oh, uh, yeah, um, maybe. You know, because, but I remember with my son having him, you know, read, I said, you know, read the first three chapters of Proverbs yes. and take this red highlighter and anytime you see the word fool, highlight it. Yeah. Take this green highlighter right. and anytime you see the word wise, highlight it. Yeah. And he did chapter three, like in a night and he loved it. And then I said, okay, let's do, you know, up through chapter six. And, and so I'm now helping him to read with attention to specific words. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about it later. And then, uh, I had him pick one verse from the chapters that he read and have that be the verse that we study for family devotions that night. Yeah. And so now it's just really simple stuff, but we're helping shape our family perspective on what is good, what is wise, what is foolish, and, you know, stupid to do. Right. And let's let's call it out. Let's teach. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And I, I mean, you have a lot of opportunities for this as different topics come up, as children grow, as they say things that are unbiblical, and we can challenge it. And, you know, I mean, I've just heard various things throughout the the childhood where they'll say something and it's like, that's not biblical. So what, that's interesting. What, what does the Bible say about that? Can anyone think of a Bible verse if they can't, you know, to be able to open God's word and say, this is where we base our truth off of. We're not basing truth off of just what you think or you picked up on or what you hope to be right or how you feel, but we're going to God's word. And those are great, a great way to model what we believe because we're saying God has written a book to us, and it is where truth is found. And so let's open it up and see. And it's just been really interesting as various topics about vanity, beauty, about money, about the fool, about what we should put in front of our eyes, about our hearts, and if they're wicked or good by nature. I mean, just various things come up, and we can point them to God's word and say, this is where we find our truth. Yep. Now, the third step to combating uh, the culture and not becoming like it is to maintain committed, consistent involvement in your church. And mm-hmm. so you you are not expected to do all of the teaching like we're talking about here in that second point. Uh, some of it, a good a good chunk of teaching and instruction and growth takes place in the context of your local church. So you don't have the burden of teaching yeah. all that you your you and your family need to know about the Christian life, God has called and commissioned pastors and, you know, provided churches with full um, operating, you know, systems in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, All to, systems go. Exactly. <laughs> to do some of this work. Right. So the church is going to supply for you some of what you need to be equipped to combat the culture. Yeah, so like, what are those programs that you have available at church? Look into them, figure it out. I mean, our church is packed with stuff 
for our kids to do yeah. and to be at. And we want them there. We we see that it's important. We are constantly impressed with what they learn at church. Sometimes we're talking and a kid will offer up a detail and I'm thinking, wait, we haven't done a family devotion about that. I don't know if I've ever read that text with them. My brain's kind of, I'm racking my brain. And I say, where did you learn that? Oh, at church, you know, the teacher, the lesson, the other, I mean, they, they were explaining it this way. That's amazing because now we're getting multiple adults and authorities, young people that are overseeing our children mm-hmm. and speaking the same truths to them. And so they're getting it very various angles. And so we've just tried to communicate to our kids, church is priority. So if sports come in, you know, there's a little battle here, we're going to have you at church, mm-hmm. right? And if, Easy battle. If there's, yeah, if there's a, something that comes up and some birthday party, I don't know, some, you know, we're going to have you at church and we're going to make sure that that's the top thing that yeah. we get you at. Well, and those decisions do communicate a lot to our kids about the priority of church and yes. the place of God in our lives. Right. You know, for our family, I mean, we, we will cancel anything else that gets in the way. So, you know, one of our kids is in a sport right now where some of the games are on Sunday and it's like, I'm sorry, you can't go to the Sunday morning game because we're going to go to church Yep. or a Thursday night Awana program. Right. Like you're just, you're going to have to miss. You have to miss part of your practice every Thursday because we want to get you there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just an easy one for us. And I think that sends a strong message to our kids about what we value uppermost, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And for us, that that is being at church. And you're right. The, the authority figures can reinforce mm-hmm. what we're teaching at home, strengthen what we're teaching at home. Uh, certainly doesn't substitute it. Right. Doesn't replace it altogether, but it reinforces and supplements. And not only that, but being around other Christians who you're sitting side by side with, learning together with. There's a lot of value there. Mm -hmm. Um, Having a small group of other kids who are memorizing the Bible as well or learning the same lesson and, you know, coming along in their understanding. It's good to be around those people and to learn together in that kind of community and to have people to serve and to care for, you know, as peers in church. One of my favorite things about even the church community and raising children in this generation is how many times our kids have looked at me when they've heard another mom or another dad say the same things to their children as we say to them. Now, it's not like, you know, we don't have to be exactly the same as what I'm saying, but the same concepts and ideas. They'll be like, what? she said that too? My mom says that, or I can't do that either. And and I, I will take that right there, right? You know, you're right. Yeah, because you know what? That family is also trying to raise their kids to be, to love the Lord to know what his word says, to follow. So they're going to have similar rules. No, not every rule is the same. And we, you know, that provides the same kind of conversations about how we do things differently as other families too, even within the church. But it's really cool when either my girlfriend has corrected my child, been like, hey, I know your mom would want you to obey, or I don't think your mom would want you to say that, or your dad wouldn't approve of that word, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And then the same thing, uh, even for them to see parents raising children, their friends right alongside them in the same sort of way. Yeah, that's the church family. Mm -hmm. That's the church community. And, you know, when when Jesus says, who are my mother and brothers and sisters, that, you know, they're like the, the church family. The ones who love and fear God, right. they're the ones who we are brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers with. And so in that sense, our kids have multiple yeah. parent, Christian parent figures yeah. and pastors and leaders and teachers. And 
and, and brothers and sisters. Right. And so, you know, we're one kind of big family in that sense, and it's very appropriate to have relationships with other families where mm-hmm. you know them and their kids well enough to be able to speak into their lives yeah. like that. And we, you know, we, those parents that you're talking about, mm-hmm. we encourage them. Hey, if you see my kids yeah. doing that kind of stuff, then please feel free. Call them out. To call them out. And, and tell you know, us. they need that. Mm-hmm. And, and so those are just really good opportunities and church contexts provide, you know, occasions for that. Yeah, that's no, great. Well, thanks so much for listening in and we'll talk to you next time. All right, see ya. See ya.